What's going on, big fellow? So the rivalry is renewed with a whimper and not a bang as the Steelers knock off the Cleveland Browns. has a lot to say. I'm here for him. Every week as he goes through his trials and tribulations of a rebuild, or what he thinks is a rebuild, I'm going to continue to get on that, on you about that. But what is going on, man? Well, I appreciate that you here to hear my spills, man. My, my anger, my uh, disappointment, because my Steelers are the new soap opera in the NFL. There's always something going on in that locker room. The young days. and the winless? The young this and the winless week, for the last one. This week, that's a good name. That would be the name of our, our soap opera in our locker room. This week was no different as we've heard the the George Pickens uh episode this week or the last few weeks. He's been the uh what do you call the bad guy? The the protagonist of the movie or the antagonist of the antagonist. The, the antagonist of our our team right now, man. And we just can't seem to stay out the headlines. But what about your Browns, man? I have not heard any headline making noise other than Miles Garrett complaining to the rest about how he's being held every play. But well, other than that, right. he's right. I mean, you can't say he's wrong. I mean, you know, TJ brought it up to everybody. Miles kind of piggybacked. You remember in the offseason when uh, all the running backs like Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry all got on the phone? and said, we need to talk about how they're devaluing us and not giving us the contract. I feel like Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, and Nick Bosa, they all got on the phone like, we need to talk about these damn refs. (laughs) (laughs) On every single play. Yeah. Man, every year it seems to be some kind of ref problem. This year it's uh, the lineman getting held. And what's crazy is I think sack numbers are are up this year because there's so many guys that are – are close to getting or could pull off a 20 sack season this year. So, I mean, I get what they're talking about, but uh, at the same time, but I, but I am pretty surprised there aren't any other headlines in Brown. You guys are living life right now, nine to five. Nobody's really complaining about there aren't any locker room issues. This is opposite, opposite NFL season. This is what that is. You guys upside down. We're living in the the upside down. Stranger things. Straight, yeah. So we, uh, man. well, first of all, it's hard to have too much drama when you're bringing guys in off the street every week. They're just trying to get people up to the stand to talk to the media because we got bodies falling. This might be the first time that's where our drama is. Is there was probably three weeks in a row I was waiting. All right, it's ten a.m. Who's out for the season today? And Batonio got hurt in the game last week. His back locked up, and I was, I've been waiting all week. Like, okay. When's it going to happen? When's he done? Poor Wyatt Teller. He's like, Wyatt Teller's like Will Smith standing in the empty room right now on that <laughs> offensive line looking around like, oh, it's just me. Well, that, of all people, you want to be still be in there. That's the dude because you know how big of a fan I am of Wyatt Teller. You, are. you love some Wyatt Teller. I do love some Wyatt Teller. What is friend. it about Wyatt Teller you love? 
too. He is just, I mean, he is that a man's man. He's an old lineman. He he gets down and dirty. He sets the tone for his O-line. He comes off the ball. He's solid in pass, bro. That's not his best trait, but how he run blocks and how he likes to finish, I love every bit of it. He um he he was made for Cleveland. Yeah. He it's the city of Cleveland. Yeah, Buffalo missed out. Yeah, Buffalo not a guy that like looks like he would fit in well in LA or New York, but Big old goofy Wyatt Teller, just loving life. He's he's made for cities like Cleveland, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, we just hard working, hard working cities. Speaking but yeah, it's, my, yeah. Speaking of my Steelers, man, um, we could definitely use a guy like Wyatt Teller up front because my O line, I can use five Wyatt Tellers. Our O line has been a dysfunctional mess this year, uh, and it's not due to injury. I would like to say it was injury, but it's not. Uh, we just got five guys up there, with the exception of Bradrick Jones, who's a rookie. So you give him a little bit of uh, leeway. But even still, I think he's playing better than anybody. Yeah, there's a learning curve for him. I think he's playing out of position and playing better than everybody up front consistently anyway. But going into this weekend, man, we got the Bengals. Division rivalry is 7-7. Seven to seven. As much stuff that is going on in our locker room, as much stuff that is going on in our organization, we still have a chance. A damn good chance, actually, at making the playoffs if we beat the Bengals and beat the uh, win against the, the Seahawks and the, the Ravens to finish up the season. So, so here's what I'm going to do for you. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do you a solid right now. What you going to do? Because ever since that blocked punt against the Colts, it's kind of been downhill for the Steelers. We're going to turn the page. We're not going to talk about last week anymore. Yeah, we're gonna look past that because this is gonna surprise you. I have to be Team Steelers this week. I bet there are about five things that need to happen for the Browns to clinch a playoff spot this week. Okay, I have to be Team Steelers in Week 18 too. So it's kind of getting a little. It's in my stomach right now. I'm not just saying that. It's dude, just just accept it, embrace it, embrace it. You need us. You need us. I'll tell you what. If there's a chance. I'll I'll do you one more solid. So we're going to turn the page and not talk about that Colts game because it was disgusting. We're going to talk maybe about some of the locker room stuff. We also have Grind My Gears today. So we're going to talk mm-hmm. Grind My Gears. have a fun topic where we're going to talk about MVP, but in a fun way. We're going to liken it to the college football world where we want to give our kind of MVP picks for the season. I'm with uh, it. We have some Steelers talk, Browns talk, MVP talk, Grind My Gears. We have a few different things going on that we want to get to today. But – I'm going to do you one more solid as a Christmas present to you. Okay. Happy holidays, by the way. Absolutely. Happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Safe tra- I'll be seeing you in a couple yeah. weeks. I'll be yeah. seeing you. In a We're going to bring in a new year together, man. Maybe roll some dice. Old. Yeah. Maybe roll some dice. and I like it. Bread, I like wings, where your head is. Have some adult beverage. <laughs> some guy time. But mm-hmm. um, if we're going into week 18 as my gift to you and the Browns still have a chance to win the division, and the Steelers beating the Ravens is a possible way to make that happen. We will play Renegade on this program. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen sooner or later. I we knew it was going to happen. Renegade. You can't. You were playing it this morning in the studio. You and some sticks. I look up. I look up. I'm sitting there working at the radio station I'm at this morning, and I'm like, "What is? Oh, that's yeah." I sent you a picture. They it's were okay. playing Renegade on the on the on the rock station this morning. You're a closet fan of the Renegade. You go in there, you get hype. It gets you. I like sticks, but it's it that it, song haunts me. 
It keeps the people that going. Stadium haunts me. It's provocative. It's provocative. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh, what was the what was the movie with Will Ferrell? <laughs> there yeah. was like, Blades of Blades of Glory <laughs> with like, him and Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna skate to one song and one song only. Renegade. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but we'll play Renegade in week 18 if there's if those stars align where the Browns win and the Ravens lose to the Steelers, we win the division. I will play Renegade. But we got to get there first. Right. And it starts with this weekend versus the Bengals. Now, dude. Can he play? Is Kenny we don't know. We don't know. He practiced with the second team yesterday. So oh, second team. I saw some video. I wasn't sure what that was. Fingers crossed. I am praying for Kenny Pickett to play. I have come a long way this <laughs> year. It's been so so much of a roller coaster. But what I will acknowledge right now is that we did we win with Kenny Pickett. It's ugly, but for whatever reason, Kenny Pickett was playing against the Cardinals, he, right? He he wins. No. He wins more than he loses. He went, out. he went out in the first quarter. But um it's it's he's practicing with the second team. Right now, Mason's gonna start. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna throw all my confidence behind Mason. We we've seen Mason. Mason's a known product. There is nothing spectacular from him that I'm hoping for, but he is solid. His stats are solid. He has a winning record as a starter. If you um, lose this week, is that it? Is that pretty much a wrap for playoff chances? Pretty much. Uh, pretty much. The way our conversation, ironically, dude, we beat, if we lose, we'll still, if we beat Baltimore, we'll end up with the best division record right. in the league, which is which right. is weird. Thank you, Cincinnati. Yeah, I know, right? But if we win, we got a good shot of going 5-1 in the division and still ended up in third or fourth place in our division, which is the craziest thing ever. But, um, yeah, going into this weekend, man, we got a lot of stuff to unpack between George Pickens uh, I know you saw early in the week him um his interview was uh left a lot to be desired. That there's a lot of um lack of accountability with that kid. And uh, you hear, especially in Coach Tomlin, you hear the other guys talk around it, not really addressing it up front, uh giving him time to grow and mature, I guess. Uh is there um solution to this problem because basically i don't know if you heard it um pick has had an interview this week and he basically blamed he didn't take accountability for his lack of effort on that play that's been circulating through social media and on all the sports talk shows and whatnot about him finishing a block on a Jalen warren run and it was pretty it was pretty obvious that he didn't finish and his excuse or his reasoning is that he didn't want to get hurt and that the people reporting on it never played football, never played in the NFL. So his reason was that the media doesn't know enough about football to understand why he did that. Did not one second say, you know, my bad, I should have finished, you know. But then they would go back and, and ask Jalen Warren about GP's comments. And Jalen was like, you know, if that was me, I would have blocked for him. So just the fact that they had that little back and forth between those two guys, one of our young second-year running backs, they part of the same class. And one of our uh, our our best, most uh, talented wide receiver, um, are diametrically opposed to how they approach the game, and that's a problem, man. That is a problem for our team. It's a problem because those two right there, Jalen Warren, George Pickens, are our best playmakers on offense, and there's no bones to be made about it. So they're probably 
two of the three to maybe four players you would want to keep going forward on offense. You want to keep Fryermuth. Yes. We did a little yeah. breakdown a couple of weeks ago, you and I, where we talked about, you know, looking at the roster, what players, um, the offensive lineman, you just mentioned his name, Broderick. Um, Roger Jones, Georgia Jones. kid. Yep. You want to keep them. You want to keep uh, Pickens going forward in right. theory, as long as he's not being crazy. Right. Um, you want to keep Friar Muth. You want to keep Warren. I mean, Najee can't get a second deal with the production that you've gotten out of him. I mean, not a big second deal. Like no, no, come no. back on a on you're a one or two. You're not even picking up the option though at this point. Do you pick up the option on on Najee Harris, the fifth year option, with him being a first round pick? That's a big fifth year option. I got to see what that round. is. He was a what, like twenty four or something. I can't remember the exact pick he was, so but in the thirteen to fifteen million a year range. I don't think it's that much, but I agree. Either way, I think they let him play out his fifth year, especially with Jalen Warren behind him. There's no reason for them to pick it up when you got a kid like Jalen Warren. Right, right. Yeah, you play out the fourth year, you don't pick up the option. And then if you want to, you franchise tag him going forward if something – and so much of it isn't their fault. It's It sucks talking about guys' money, but it's the business of the NFL. It's, yeah. That just is what it is. And you have to make those decisions, the political decisions when you're looking at it. If I have Warren, who's given me similar to more production than somebody who's going to run me 10 to $12 million a year, it's a no-brainer. It is a no-brainer. Whether it's your fault or not. And you know what? I, I, I have not been as harsh on Najee. Last year, I was really going at him because I had issues with his predetermining where he was going to go with the ball. I do think he has a legit issue with vision. It's something that is natural for a lot of running backs. And you had this issue with your Alabama first-round pick Trent a few Rich years back with Trent Richardson. You didn't like me last year when I would text you Trent Richardson <laughs> 2.0. No. And I don't think he's that bad, but he definitely had a play. That's his, that uh, When they highlighted Trent Richardson, his lack of vision on that goal line run where there was a power. And then actually, if you if you look at the play, you understand like that play is supposed to hit to the right. But you see this massive hole to the left. And a, a running back with uh, better vision would have saw that. Use Najee, your eyes. Use your eyes. Najee had a similar play. And it was worse, in my opinion, because he was actually set up. And he was looking that way. Um, it was a delayed draw. And he was looking to the left. And the hole opened up. Isaac had a good block on his guy. He was pushing him to the right. There was this big old gap, like the Red Sea to the left. What did Najee do? He cuts right, right into the tackle. Um, it was pretty bad. But all that being said, I think Najee is good for Warren. I think Warren ultimately will be our uh, – You need two backs in the NFL. That's for you sure. Do. You definitely need two backs. You need two backs now. So it's – I'm not you, – you don't get rid of a guy. You don't cut him. But you're – you're approaching that time where you start looking at the financial situation of it. Yeah. And again, yeah. We, we talked about Canada. We've talked about the offensive scheme issues and things like that. It's not all his fault. And that's why I want to ask you this is so I know just from a quarterback's perspective, when you're out there thinking too much, you're ineffective as a quarterback. It's mm -hmm. why a lot of quarterbacks struggle. The game is too fast when you're able to react and just play and you, Oh, this happened. I do this. That happened. I do that. So for a long time, A, you had the Alabama situation with Najee where 
He's used to running behind a brick wall that's getting him four yards before he's even ever touched in college. Yeah. There was a lot of talk about Najee dancing too much and not hitting holes and stuff early on in his career. So I almost wonder if that's a byproduct of him being hit the hole, hit the hole, run, put your head down and run, and now he's not using his eyes. Almost like where a quarterback's thinking too much, not trusting his eyes when he's reading defenses and he's now late pulling the trigger on throws. Is Najee now thinking too much or just putting his head down and running in gaps he may have seen before? or was a more patient runner because of what's been drilled into his head about you need to hit the hole and go and our offensive line doesn't play well, that's causing him to miss these cutback lanes and things that are opening up all over the field. It's definitely a culmination of those things because I think Najee is definitely hesitating. He's not running fle- freely and just off instinct. Um, and he's not he's predetermining. He's either predetermining where he's going to go or he's seeing ghosts and doesn't have a lot of faith in our O-line. And it's justified because I think with the combination of how poor our O-line has played combined with uh, the the lack, I think, of inefficient run schemes that we put in front of our O-line to play, having us reach three techniques as a guard is never a good recipe for uh, for zone plays. Explain and we that for people who don't know what a three technique so is. So a three I, technique I is the guy, the defensive tackle that lines up between – the uh, right guard and right tackle on the strong side of that offensive formation. So that's that's a three technique. And so and that's just a hard block for a guard to reach. That's just a hard it? block to reach. Well, yeah. And so there's a lot of times where Najee is seeing color in his face right at the line of scrimmage. And so it's not being it's not conducive to giving him confidence and hitting the holes. He feels like he has to do so much on his own. But at the same time, even when the opportunity is there, he's not hitting the hole. He's either shuffling his feet or he's just not seeing the hole properly or not seeing how the block is going to unfold. So all that being combined, it's just it's, it's been held on him as far as his production is concerned. And Jalen doesn't have that same issue. Jalen just – he doesn't know what he doesn't know. He's going to do exactly what the play calls for, and he'll improvise if it calls for it. But – He's not going in there thinking, I need to do all this stuff in order for the play to be successful. Najee takes a lot on his shoulder, and I think it's affecting how he runs the ball. You know who Jalen reminds me of is Kareem Hunt. Yeah. The way that crazy legs, just goes, doesn't know what he doesn't know. Uh, I got the ball in my hands, and I'm going to make something happen. It's almost like a – and, again, Kareem Hunt, the start of his career was phenomenal before his off-the-field issues and things like that. He's still an effective back, but almost – Jalen is like a poor man's Kareem Hunt where Kareem was with Kansas City when I see when when I watch him play. I don't even think he's a poor man. I think Jalen with the full full load could be one of the better backs in the league. Yes, but yeah. it's just we haven't seen it yet. We haven't so seen it's, it yet. There's glimpses. And so um, I don't want to leave my bad. I don't want to leave a, the defense out of this because I, I talked offense and I'm harping on them, but our defense had a 13 point lead and gave up 30 points against the Colts last week. So, Minshew, though, baby, you can't you can't tame the wild beast that is Gardner Minshew. Minshew is that dude. I've always been a fan of Minshew. He has that swag and that confidence, and I think it permeates to that entire offense, especially being in a, love child in a, a system. But our defense has some things to work out too. We don't have any middle linebackers. We don't have any damn safeties. Minka's out. KZ got suspended for the whole damn year. You know, even though I don't think it was justified, and the appeal got up, upheld yesterday. Uh, Did it get upheld? 
it get up it got up we here. I wasn't so sure he, he, he could come back and we make the playoffs, but obviously we know where we stand right there. There's no guarantee, but he's he's done for the rest of the year, which they're pointing to previous instances where he um, got penalties for unnecessary roughness and uh, used that to justify the year. So the they're rest like of the a, repeat, a repeat offender. A repeat offender. So we don't have any safety. We got Pat Pete practicing safety this week, which I, to be truthfully honest, I think that's going to be good for him. It's a natural progression for a quarterback like him. And if he does what I think a lot of talented cornerbacks who move to safety, Rob Woodson comes comes to name, um, I think that it might end up <laughs> it might end about, up. Are you talking to me about injuries and missing players right look, now? Look, man, look, we'll get to you. You'll have your time. Let me vent about my Steelers going into this weekend. <laughs> you know? Um, but uh yeah, we don't have any safeties, we don't have any linebackers. So, and we're going against a dude in Jake Browning who has been lighting it up since Burrow's been out. He has been a surprise. Ever since he played you guys the first game, I will say this. He's not played a good defense since you guys. Sure, he, he still might not this Saturday. <laughs> still, it depends on who we got showing up. But hopefully, you know, these guys can come together. Uh, like I talked to you earlier, I've had some, some time to digest this three-game losing streak against teams that I thought we should have beat. And I'm happy, Trey, now. I'm optimistic, Trey. I'm going to watch this game on Saturday just as a fan and not have expectations, which is just weird as a Steeler fan and former Steeler player that had as much success as I did on the teams that I had the success with. I am watching this game just as a fan, and I am going to keep my composure. I'm going to – I'm not going to say anything negative the entire first half, Rich. Nothing negative. I'm going to keep it positive, and I'm just going to – just give all my positive energy to the Steelers much, this weekend. How much of that is going to be due to what your drink of choice will be in that moment? Well, you know what? I, no, because if I drink anything, that I can't hold that promise. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Gatorade or water for the first half. <laughs> and, and then maybe. See, the problem then, is the first half of the last game was what was good for you. Right. I know. I know. I know. But, I mean, it ended poorly, though. It ended poorly. So you kind of saw the writing on the wall coming into the second half. But yeah. But enough about my Steelers, man. How about your Browns, man? What y'all got going on? Are y'all gonna be able to really do this? Or are y'all gonna brown it up? That's what that's oh, a saying. Gonna, that's we're a, gonna brown it up. We're you're gonna, gonna brown, brown it up. You, you know what brown it up means. That's not a positive. It's thing. like monthling in Kingpin. <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's not a good thing. Yeah. But that was before we had Super Bowl MVP. Greek god Joe Flag. You know how I know we're about to brown it up? How? My guy shaved his beard. What the hell are you doing? Why do you do that? I don't know. I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. And why are you messing with anything right now? I'd have been upset if you told me he's taking a shower since he started the first game. That's how bad it is. We're the same same pair of underwear, same size. Don't change a thing, right? Everything is aligning for them right now. Aaron Rodgers, I, you don't know how worried I was that Aaron Rodgers was going to come back for this Thursday night game next year or next week just to end our season. Now he's that, if they had won, you think A Rod would have played? If they looked like they could make it to the playoffs, do you think he would have played? If they had a chance to make it to play, if they were sitting with you guys' record, I think so. Okay. If they were if they were five hundred, I think so. Looking at their schedule, they have left. Um, but you know, he told Pat McAfee. 
it wasn't realistic. But then he went on to tell a story about how, you know, it just became your it wasn't realistic for him to get to a hundred percent, but could he get it to playable? And that was where I was like, yeah, he would have played. So the stars are aligning. He's done. It looks like Stroud's not going to play against us. So what's going to happen? We're going to have Case Keenum come back from the grave and beat us in Houston this week because for whatever reason, our defense on the road is not the same defense at home. At home, we're playing the air guitar. We're getting after it. We're giving up like 4.2 points per game at home. On the road, I don't know if they just take liberties at the hotel bar before the game or what's going on when our team travels, but it's a whole different team. Houston, Houston's underrated. Like people want to talk yeah. about Miami, yeah. Vegas. It's a lot Atlanta, of temptation in Houston. Houston in the winter when they've done been in Cleveland for the last three weeks, cold. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. It's a problem. Of Galleria. I love that city, man. You guys might go out, might get Miles what? Garrett at the bar, might do some extra shopping at the Galleria. Who knows? But Joe Flacco's there for us, baby. He's out there dropping dimes. He is giving us the full Joe Flacco experience week in and week out. And all I know is there is no way that we can end the season with a losing record right now. Yeah. Nine and five. We are guaranteed a winning record. Houston can suck it. You don't get a top 10 pick for this Deshaun Watson trade again that we still don't have picks for. We've gotten more wins than Deshaun Watson has played for us. Do you know what? What that is a that is such a Browns way to think. You know, true. We we can't get a losing record. That is what you're looking at right now, dude. You should be looking at making Hold some on. damage in the playoffs. Like you got a Super Bowl winning quarterback that you guys. This is now going to be his third week in there, right? So he should be a little bit more comfortable in the system. And all you're thinking about, oh, we won't have a losing record. Yes. We won't have a losing record. Well, you you want to know how bad it gets worse. The okay. last thing I want is for the Bengals to flub it up and still somehow finish above us in the freaking standings in the AFC North. Because I cannot, stand, I cannot stand the Bengals. Like they they have inched so much higher up with their bandwagon fans and just the crap that they've been spewing for the past couple of years. It's just nauseating. So no, it's, it's I'm gonna give you a quick glimpse. We all know about the jersey with all the starting quarterbacks, which is up to like 42 or something now, right? Have you seen that mm-hmm. brown jersey with all the starting quarterbacks since 99 on the back of it? Yep, I've seen it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For the longest time before we drafted Baker Mayfield, so if you're looking at your team, what is your goal? You set out a goal for your quarterback, for your team's quarterback for the season. What would your goal be? We're going into next year. What What's your goal for Kenny Pickett? stats wins things like that right mm-hmm. like we'll, we'll just throw, throw some numbers out there we're going to the next year what would you like to see from kenny pickett i would like to see like stats wise i need him to average like 225 yards a game just i'm anything, not even asking for much. Goals. it can be stats it can be wins just if off the top of your head they're like somebody's like trey 
what would you like to see from Kenny Pickett next year? What what would be a successful season that you would like to see accomplished? Ten wins, at least twenty five touchdowns, at least less than ten picks. Here's how bad it is for me. Okay, before Baker Mayfield, my goal for a Browns quarterback every year was give me somebody who starts all sixteen games. Oh, wow! Not three thousand yards, not wins. Before Baker Mayfield, we had one quarterback one time start all sixteen games in a season since '99. And that was Tim Couch. Oh, Derek Anderson didn't start all 16? No. The year y'all went to the playoffs? He started week two. He did, he never went to the playoffs. We were oh. 10 and 6, didn't make the oh. playoffs. Oh, didn't make the playoffs that year. I remember. Okay. I thought y'all made it. Okay. And yeah, did we that's one? You. That's pretty, that's pretty bad. You know who See? started the game? Charlie Fry. <laughs> I remember Charlie Fry, the pride of Akron. Yeah. So <laughs> that is why I take nothing for granted with this team and there's a really big part of me that thinks if we do end up winning the division the world will end like it's just oh. gonna i mean they yeah not... I, would, I would think that too there's already so many things happening in the world that already right. have led me on that path that would be the straw they, the browns win the division not... and y'all make it to the AFC. even if y'all just make it to the AFC championship i'm like okay where's that no, uh, i'm gonna go that... City will burn. They've not hosted a playoff game since like 1988. And I'll I'll find the nearest bunker because something is about to happen. A meteor is about to come and end all life as it exists today. And uh, yeah, the world will end if the Browns win a playoff game and y'all make it to the AFC Championship. Well, we've won a playoff game. I mean, make it to the AFC Championship. I think that that would do it. But I mean, I got to give y'all the props, man. Y'all are doing it the way that actually we want to do it. I can't even front. Like, we have all these injuries at quarterback. You guys have started four quarterbacks this year. And they've all gotten wins. And they've all gotten wins. Half of them shouldn't even be taking snaps in the NFL. Our defense is hurt. Y'all secondary has been banged up for most of the year, you know, between uh, Derek Ward or – is that a – not Derek Ward. Ward Denzel uh, Ward. Denzel Ward and um, Greg Newsom, uh, pride of Northwestern. Anthony yeah. Walker, your captain. Oh, my captain. He was out a couple games. Uh, Northwest, you guys are really racking up the Northwestern players on the defensive side of the ball. Cameron Mitchell. Cameron sad. Mitchell. So, uh, Big stop last week. Tripped yeah. up Justin Fields on fourth and one on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Way to so, go, good steakhouse, too. Real good. Yeah. Cameron Dude, between, between our two teams, crazy, there have been seven starting quarterbacks. Just our two. Yeah. And so it's wild. it's wild. It's wild. But we're not the only team suffering from the problems at quarterback this year, man. Um, no, there's a lot. Um, there's bad quarterback play, which is bad, a problem. Right. There's a lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. I That Wilson got his whole ass beat last week by the Dolphins <laughs> to the point where his mom was pleading with the media about what happened in that game. Dude. He, just got beat up. And I'll get into that because I'm I mean that's the reason I think the NFL has a quarterback problem as far as injuries and quality of play. So I think it's O-line play. But just going down the list of injured quarterbacks, uh the most recent one, Herbert. Herbert's out for the year. Burrow's out for the year. Rogers is out for the year. Uh who else? Who else? Uh Kirk Cousins is out for the year. Uh Deshaun Watson is out for the year. Daniel Jones is out for the year. 
dude. I mean, CJ Stroud is concussed right now, um, which helps you guys out now that you're going to Houston. We've seen a lot of backup quarterbacks, um, a lot of bad starting quarterback play. I think interceptions are up all over the league. You got Pat, Pat Mahomes struggling this year. You got yeah, Josh Allen struggling. Have bounced off Tony's hands. That's not <laughs> That's, all true. Oh. That's true. That's true. Um, I blame Taylor Swift for that. Dude, the, the team. <laughs> you, you're not a Swifty? Are you a Swifty? No. 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 Well, I think I'm like an honorary Swifty because my I daughter went to is one of the Oh, come on. You're much more of a Swifty than I am, dude. No, this is like long, long time ago, uh, country Taylor Swift. It was so, one of my wife and I's dates when we lived in Tampa. Um, country Contra was Brad. She was the opening act. It was Brad Paisley. Oh, yeah, it was. He's come a long way. Yeah, it was Brad Paisley was the headliner. Mm-hmm. Um, who was it? Uh, oh, I'd know his name if somebody said it. Another, she was the first act though. It was Taylor Swift. Okay. Contra was an amphitheater in uh, Tampa that my wife and I went to, and uh, it, not that, not that she doesn't have some songs that just make you, you know, start to bob your head a little bit and get stuck in your head, but no, it's um. No, it was a little ridiculous, all this Swifty fever that went on. I think it's died down some. A lot of people were saying it's some kind of conspiracy between the NFL and Taylor and Travis. They didn't I think it was real. You, Oh, you were one of the guys that think it. I think it's a legit relationship, man. They look, like they're, they look cute together, man. Let them have their fun. But, uh, oh, have your, have your fun. Yeah. <laughs> I look at Taylor Swift's – we, we've talked about this at other places I work, and we actually have a – we have a – a bet going on about it about if and how long it'll because I think it'll at least go into the summer and into next year and uh, some others think it'll like end in a couple months but I think that she you look at her dating history she got a real man now oh yeah <laughs> she somebody who's just who's just rocking her world so to speak and uh and I she think is, she I is, mean it's it's mutually beneficial because I think I mean traveling will get no bigger than this and the way <laughs> Like the mom, the mom and the dad are getting some uh some residual from their relationship. He's 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 one of the more notable names in the NFL before this relationship, yeah. and that pales in comparison to what Taylor Swift is, and like what it did to his jer- jersey sales, like after she started attending games and stuff. Like Mahomes, good for him. Mahomes too, man. Mahomes has has benefited from this as well. His wife Brittany is besties with Swifty. But did you? Dude, you can you go down this Swifty. We can go down this Swifty thing. Go ahead. Did you watch that That's quarterback me. thing on Netflix with uh-uh. Patrick Mahomes? I didn't watch it yet. Yeah. Oh, uh, you gotta watch it. Patrick Mahomes is benefiting in the best way because his wife has a new best friend and he can focus on football. This man is trying to get through his birthday party, and she's like, pose over here, pose over there, stand this way. And my guy's just tired. He's just going through it. Patrick is just tired. And we've all been there, and he's yeah. just like I just want to be done. I don't want to take the 900th picture on my birthday. Give me my chicken wings. Let me yeah. watch football and let me sit down. Yeah. I mean, every, every good husband has gone through that. You got to oh, do yeah. it. You got to do it. But yeah, my man has been struggling a little bit, but I think they'll bounce back. They usually do. I think when you got a quarterback like Mahomes, but there aren't any other Mahomes in the league. He is one of yeah. one. He's He's it right now. He's one of one. Josh Allen is coming on late, I think, but he's coming on because he's finally got a 
OC that doesn't want to put everything on his back. So and, and you saw that with James Cook finally having his coming out party this past week. But by and large, the NFL has a quarterback problem, man, whether it's due to quality play or just injuries. But there's an issue there. Why do you think it is? I think it's development in the college game. Um, I think the NFL game is becoming is trying to become too much like the college game because of the rookie pay scale. They mm-hmm. have to find out what they have in these guys so quickly. So they're changing offenses to assimilate to them, but the defenses can catch up. You're no longer you, – you have athletes on the defensive side of the ball now too. Yeah. and could, Because defenders are being paid now. I think it was underrated how much it's helping the defenses to have the green dot on the helmet calling plays and how much they're able to real-time get information across and set themselves up with things like that. I do think that there's inferior coaching. I think we have a league right now that has a lot of – Coaches who are good coordinators, especially head coaches, not so good head coaches. And you see it in a lot of places, whether it's uh, the Chargers, whose head coach is hell-bent on calling the defensive plays, or certain places where the head coach is hell-bent on calling the offensive plays. Mm -hmm. The head coach is the CEO of the team in many ways. You're delegating and making sure everybody's living up to it. And I feel like those days are gone where – the offensive side of the ball is one side. The defensive side of the ball is the other side. And the common goal is you try to stop them from scoring as many points as you can. We'll try to score as many points as we can, and that's how we'll win games. That wasn't football to me when we were growing up. It was, well, we're going against this team. They're more talented than us. What is the game plan we need to play this week so that we can execute and beat them? We talked about it before. I think Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were the masters of this. Tom Brady could have went out and thrown it 70 times a game. But sometimes mm-hmm. they needed him to control the clock, play the dink and dunk game, keep the defense off the field, but more importantly, keep the other team off the field. And that was the recipe for success that week. And I feel like that nuance is being lost. That cohesiveness between units is being lost when it comes to game planning in the NFL. I can see that. I think it's more O-line, to be truthfully honest. And I think it kind of stems from the fact that they're just, with the advent of uh, this last CBA, uh, really implementing the lack of practice time and the lack of uh, full padded practices. Um, Off-season workout, things no like that. Two, no two-a-days in camp anymore. No padded practice after a certain point in the NFL season. And so you're just one, better when you walk one way up the hill in the snow back in your day? Back in my day, yeah. When I used to walk 10 miles to practice in the blizzard, you know, six o'clock in the morning, three a days, whatnot. Uh, no water, water real only man. twice a day. You know, during the real times when real football was played. <laughs> but uh, no, that there is only one position group on a football team where you got to have five people working in concert in order for a play to be successful, and that's the O line. And I think, to your point, the coaches have not adjusted well enough to efficiently coach the O line within the limited practice time that they have. And so you see a lot of bad O-line play all over the league. You see a lot of injuries to your quarterback because the O-lines are holding up. I was going to say O-line injuries too. O-line is injury. Yeah, injury too. And so it's rare that you get a line that starts the same five guys all year. There's usually – there's never been a more crucial time where your bench players got to be starters too. You know, uh, usually dress eight during a game. Uh, Sometimes you dress nine if that other – that ninth guy can play some special teams, but by and large, like the O-line play has been lacking and it's been lacking for a while now. And I think it's due to the fact that players can't acclimate to um, these offenses and what the coaches 
or coordinators expect out of them, especially with their lack of chemistry because of the lack of practice time. They should really, and, and one way to combat that, they should really expand the roster. Is it is it 47 now or is it still 53 active roster? It's 53, and they can okay. keep a 54th because of the emergency quarterback thing. And that probably needs to go to 60. Yeah, I think that would be a good move. A defensive line, if you want to talk about player safety, and you're adding extra weeks, you're now adding games mm-hmm. in Brazil and London. It probably needs to go to 60. Um, that's the next conversation. You know, with the revenue, they can more than afford it, obviously. Absolutely. NFL is a monster. Money keeps on going up. Even this yeah, year with the fact that – Through the roof for Thursday night football and all of that stuff. Exactly. And there's we're still watching. Like, the numbers are still going up despite the fact a lot of star, star quarterbacks are getting hurt. They're still watching the Jake Brownings and the Bailey Zappies of the world. And we will. Thing. Josh – Josh Dobbs was a star for about three weeks. Three weeks with Arizona, he was a star. And then three weeks with Minnesota, he was a star. You know, uh, people thank talking you. about the uh, – what was his nickname? And, uh, oh, uh, Josh Dobbs? Yeah, the, the, the astronaut. It was a play on being an astronaut. The pastronaut. Oh, the pastronaut. Have you heard that? The pastronaut. I, I, heard that. Yeah. I was thinking, like, they kept putting his, his, his picture up next to Little Bill. Because my kids watched Little Bill when they were kids. It's like, oh, Little Bill grew up to play quarterback for the Vikings. Yeah. But no, like that quarterback has an issue. But yet and still, yet and still, it's probably going to be a quarterback win the MVP race. Right? Yeah. And so and let's let's dive into that a little bit because we still have to get to grind my gears. And mm-hmm. uh, we we have to do our wager, our friendly wager for the weekend, which I right. won last week. You do. So I will be, uh, I will be in, in some uh, pizza or something. We'll wait for that for when we get together. And we'll disclose the what we've settled on for the uh, wager for this week. We're going to go through the games that we're going to pick. And then uh, we'll, you throw the poll up this week and let the listeners pick again what the payout will be. We'll do the same thing every week. We'll do. Yep. yep. Let's talk MVP. And you and I were just kind of texting back and forth. And I want to. I wanted to have more fun with this because I do think that the NFL should do their MVP the way that college football does their Heisman. Not so much have it voted on by media members who are biased and things like that, but I think that we should have finalists. Let's get to a certain point of the season and um, let's let's have four let's have four finalists. So I'm gonna let you pick your four, and then I'm gonna give you my four. I want to see. We were just kind of talking about different players, but it got me thinking that I want to see who you would pick and if it aligns with who I would pick as well. If we had to pick right now, this week going into, what are we, week 14? Mm-hmm. Week, week 14. 15. Week 15. Who would, who would be your four MVP finalists? So uh, before I get into that, the NFL is trying to do something in regards to what they do for the Heisman with those NFL honors. They come out at the end oh, of the yeah. year. Um, so they do have the award show, but I do like the fact that you need to have four finalists sit there and just wait to be announced yeah. at that show. That would be – I think that would be dope. I th- also think that players should vote on the MVP, not the AP or all these people in the sports yep. media. They should even, get a vote. Um, yeah, even if you did it where the team's like, okay, the team submit a vote, and that vote is based on who everybody voted for on the team. So let's say the Browns get a vote for MVP, right? But their MVP mm-hmm. vote is who the team, like the person who received the most votes from that, the players on that team. So all right. 53 players on the Browns, 
let's say 36 of them voted for Patrick Mahomes. Right. That's the you can't vote. You can't vote for your anybody on your own team. That would be Correct. the one of the stipulations. They do do Pro Bowl voting. They do take into account peer votes for uh, yes. the Pro Bowl. But I think the MVP should really heavily, at least heavily weighted towards what the players vote. But my guys, the guys that I would vote for right now, I think at the top of that list is CMC. I think McCaffrey is oh. having – he's at the top right now for me. He's at the top. I think the top person needs to come from San Fran, and they have two legit MVP candidates. Now, we've had this conversation for Purdy. I think Brock Purdy is having a hell of a year, um, and I think he gets a lot of flack. And I don't think this game manager controversy, people think it's a slight. He's he doing his that. job. He's, he's doing, doing his job, and he's doing it at an elite level. He is know? a star in his role. His role yeah. is just to do what he's doing. And, and that's and how do you distinguish a, a game changer from a game manager? I don't know. That's up to debate, I think. And it's in, in the eye of the beholder. But uh, I think he's one hell of a quarterback doing exactly what Shanahan wants in that offense. And so, um, but I think none of that happens without a guy like CMC. Now, I talked to you earlier. I think actually think Debo is the most valuable person on that offense when he's healthy because he does so much. He's a Swiss army knife, but I think he's more effective because CMC is there. And so CMC would be at the top of my list. And then I would say Brock Purdy. So they are one and two for me. You have them both on your four MVP. I do. I've changed it up since the last time we talked because I think that's pretty interesting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, the uh, Josh Allen would be number three because I think he is willing this team to the playoffs. I think he got a guy that he can mesh with in Joe Brady. Um, and number four, who I think actually if he beats San Fran, if the Baltimore Ravens win against San Fran on Monday, he shoots up to number one is Lamar okay. Jackson. Lamar Jackson comes out and has a game, has has one of those games where he had against the Bengals and he does that spin move in that linebacker and goes 60 yards for a touchdown. Just lost his running back in Keaton Mitchell, who was coming on in oh, his own right. Crazy. Yeah. I didn't want to see that. I didn't see it when it happened, but I saw it later. It just popped up on my Twitter feed. It, yeah. uh, it just it gives was, me the maybe still. And I hate it when it happens to young kids like that who's – Worked his way up into a prominent role in that offense, and yeah. he really was about to show out. Even though I hate the Ravens, I could still be objective and look at it. Nothing to like about uh, them. They have zero redeeming qualities. Right. But, uh, yeah, those are my four. CMC, Purdy, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. So we do have a couple that are the same. I do think Christian McCaffrey um, Christian McCaffrey is on my list. Mm-hmm. It does – and the reason he's on my list is because – he did the same thing in Carolina with nobody around him. He yeah. is, is he's what carries teams. I think that they could – I think that Kyle Shanahan is such an offensive genius, though, where if you lose Christian McCaffrey, you could still get the job done with Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, we agree on that. And just So that should kind of push him out, but I just think he's having such one of those years, and it's so obvious when it when you're watching him play that you can't leave him out. So he he's on my list. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill is another one on my list. Ah, I might want to change my list again. I forget. I don't know list. why I forgot about Tyreek. He oh, he 
the thing that the things that Mike McDaniels does with him to not just get him open, but get Waddle open and open the mm-hmm. running. You and I talked a little bit. I think it's so fascinating the mind that Mike he's found a way to implement arena rules into the NFL. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill is always moving, which means he's always and even though you got to go side to side, he is at eighty percent speed while a defender's still flat footed. And the fact that I can see this, nobody is doing anything to. They're they're trying to combat it, but it's literally that's what is opening up their offense right now. He's always on the move and getting defenders to shift and move, and then boom, he's gone. And nine times out of ten, it's either him running a streak and Waddle on a cross underneath, or Waddle running a streak and him snapping off and just getting the ball in his hands on like a hitch route that he then runs and takes to the house because with Waddle on the streak or on the seam route the whole middle of the field's open for Tyreek Hill to run around in circles and around people. And it's, it's simple, but it's not. And it's just, it's brilliant. And it's the timing of it is just fantastic. And two is the right guy to um, realize I'm just a point guard mm-hmm. in this offense. Uh, so I'm interested to see what happens with Tyreek Hill out and injured and hobbled now and how that offense changes a little bit against uh, Dallas, but it, the game is at Miami, but that's one of the games we're going to pick for our uh, friendly wager this week. So Tyreek. Tyreek, That dude, there's not one player in the league who scares the defense more than Tyreek Hill. And it's not just because he's a track star. He's one of the fastest players in the league. We know that. We've seen a lot of track stars in this league not do well. The dude can run the entire route tree fantastic. Like he is a great route runner and he just understands space. And so, and nobody gets to zero to 60 faster than him, which is amazing. so twitchy. Yeah. Um, the third guy, and this is the other one you and I agree on, and he's actually at the top of my list as much as I hate it and it pains me to say it, they are not 11-3 and three and not at the top of the division without him, is Lamar Jackson. Agreed. I still have my doubts about Lamar Jackson in the playoffs and when there's certain game plans put in place. And I think that's evident when you see him go against the Steelers and the Browns and the Bengals typically because – Teams that are used to playing him and have game plans for him have typically done well about containing him. Mm-hmm. And that's where he normally doesn't struggle. He'll still get off a little bit, but it's not like he's blowing out the Browns and the Steelers every time they play. Right. But you remove him from that team and they are not uh they're not eleven and three. They're not leading. It might be the three and eleven. Right. Yeah. So he would be my leader in the clubhouse right now. Josh Allen is not on my list for a couple of reasons. I think he's playing phenomenal, but I've also watched him give games away. I think a lot of him was a byproduct of, for whatever reason, they they wanted. I looked at Josh Allen. This is I like Josh Allen a lot. I think he has a great skill set. But I look at Josh Allen like I look at players at the NBA where coaches just force feed them the balls. Like he's a volume shooter. You're going to get your 30 shots a game, so your stats are going to look really good because everything runs through you. And then their biggest win of the season, their most impressive win of the season, last week, in a week and a half ago, I might have had Josh Allen on my list. But it came in a game where he only threw 77 yards. And they actually ran the ball and played team football and complimentary football. Not that he didn't have anything to do with that, but you didn't need to be running your entire team through Josh Allen this entire They finally time. figured it out. They finally figured it yeah. out. But the thing is, the threat of Josh Allen is so great. He runs the ball. He does like like Derrick Henry, damn near at quarterback. Like he, he is, 
he is Tim Tebow with the ability to throw. Yeah. What he Dude, is. I, and I love his just his mentality. Um he'll do whatever gives his all on the film. You yeah. can see it. it is tangible. And so that permeates throughout the entire team. Uh, because you know your quarterback's gonna put his heart out there to bring home a victory. So he would be my honorable mention just on the outside looking in. The last one, I know your initial reaction is going to be I'm a homer and you're going to take issue with it, but hear me out. It's Miles Garrett. It is Miles Garrett. The Browns are where they are right now at nine and five because of that defense. It's why when Browns fans talk to me about Kevin Stefanski being coach of the year, I shoot back at them and say, no, Jim Schwartz is the coach of the year because our team is the same. What's winning us games is our defense and what he's done with that defense and what he's infused in that defense. And this is where I feel like I'm going to win you over. If the Browns were seven and seven and the Steelers were nine and five, I would have TJ Watt over Miles Garrett for the same exact reasons. Their teams are being successful right now. Miles Garrett and TJ Watt on the defensive side of the ball are to their teams what Lamar Jackson is to his team on the offensive side of the ball. And they're winning games because of those players. And that is why Miles Garrett would be my fourth. He's not going to win, but you're going to get a nod and you're going to go to the ceremony and you're going to have a slice of pie and you're going to have some fun and you're going to get pissed off watching Lamar Jackson win this and hopefully beat him in the playoff. <laughs> yeah. So, so you want Miles Garrett to get an invitation? Yeah, he's not going to win. He, you don't he's think he should maybe, win it? He's but you, third. I'd probably have him. I'd probably have my top two would be Lamar and then Tyreek Hill, and I may put him above McCaffrey because of what we outlined with the rest of the 49ers roster. Okay. But most likely, Miles would be fourth. If if I had a ballot and a vote, and I'm filling it out in voting, it's going to be Lamar Jackson one right now. It's going to be Tyreek Hill, two right now. And then three is a toss-up between McCaffrey and Miles Garrett. I would so, probably give a nod to Miles Garrett because I watched the Browns beat the 49ers with P.J. Walker at quarterback while the 49ers were at full strength. So let's take it to eight. Where do you have Purdy in this pecking order? He's not, he's, he's not in the top ten. Wow. Brock Even though Purdy, he's – so this would be like he's leading the league in pretty much every quarterback category. Like he is, advanced statistics and everything. Here's the thing, and, and this is this is why, and I like it. This isn't a slight to him, and it's just the negative of, of where he's at. If I took eight other quarterbacks and put them in Kyle Shanahan's system with the talent that's on that Niners team and with that defense is constantly getting your offense opportunities, they're going to be able to do the same thing as Brock Purdy. What makes him stand out even more and look better is that Jimmy G was such a turd. So it's he not was, everybody can do it in that system. Even Trey Lance struggled. But he never got a chance to play. He did. He got hurt. He got, well, yeah, he had a limited – he had a cup of coffee as a starter. I think Purdy gets a little bit too much hate. I'm not going to be honest. I see what people are saying as far as I'm him not, being a product of a system. But I think – He's not getting the proper MVP love from everybody as he should. And to be uh, transparent, like he's leading as far as odds are going. He's leading the MVP race right now. No, I know he's leading. Quarterback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a quarterback award. Yeah. 
um, let's play this game real quick then before we get to our picks and before we get to grind my gears because we we've had a lot to do and we're getting ready for the holidays so we didn't give you guys a tuesday show so we're going to go over a little bit today we're we're going to go over a little bit of time today i'm going to give you some names first of all i'm going to give you some names of guys that are more valuable to their team and their team success right now than brock purdy jalen hurts dak prescott since jalen hurts been playing bad the eagles have fallen off the hill dak prescott's more valuable to his team than brock purdy because you can't and if you interchange them you could put dak on san francisco with kyle shanahan and that offense and those weapons and they're going to be just as good you put purdy in dallas and they're not i don't know man dallas what went four and oh with cooper rush last year five and one you know in a similar it was a keller moore offense i get it but i think winning games huh it was the defense winning games and they played they were beating bad teams once they played philly cooper rush was exposed let me let me ask you this if uh burrow was healthy and doing what browning was doing he would be an mvp candidate but browning's doing the same thing in that offense that, that no no he's not it's and I've, he's I've doing in the last few games he's having similar numbers he no. has good numbers he, I mean, he had good number. He had good numbers against Jacksonville. The other games have been average. Oh, he threw for like three twenty-four and two touchdowns this past weekend, or something like that. No, was it that much? Mm-hmm. Well, that's two what touchdowns, happened. one interception. I'll when pull it up for you real quick. Your mind, mean, yeah, pull that up because while you're pulling that up, I'm going to I'm going to give you some names mm-hmm. where if you put them into that system with those players, with that defense, with Kyle Shanahan as a head coach, are they as successful as Brock Purdy? Tua. Yes. Dak. He's a different kind of quarterback. I don't know. I think but Kyle Shanahan would find a way to make him successful in his within his system. I don't know if he's successful as Purdy. Purdy has a little bit more uh he's a little bit more athletic than what people give him credit for. And he extends plays. His quarterback presence and his awareness is better than Dak's. But I think he feels pressure and moves in the pocket he, better than Dak. Does. He has better pocket presence than Dak, yes. But we've yeah. seen Dak outperform Purdy with um, oh, Kellen Moore as the OC and now Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. It's just he has. C.J. Stroud. But C.J. Stroud is an MVP in his own right. Like it's, right. I exactly. mean, so then I you mean, add into that Niners offense with Kyle Shanahan as the head I coach. Think, yeah, he does what he does as good as Purdy, but Purdy would do as good, I think, for uh, Houston and oh. that offense. Where it was slow uh, at calling plays because they're doing a lot of things that the 49ers do. And Bobby Slowick is a uh, 49er product. So I think he might do Justin better Herbert. than what you think. Justin Herbert. Uh, Maybe like these guys, like I mean, we're speculating, obviously, but I think I mean, and I want to give Shanahan all his credit, but I think Purdy has a unique skill set. His accuracy downfield, the way he anticipates, is way better, I think, than a lot of the guys that you just named. He he's anticipates giving, so he's not, well. He's not given as much credit as he could get, but there's a big part of why he's successful is because of all of that. If you put Okay, so here let's let's let it hit close to home. You put Brock Purdy on the Steelers with the offensive schemes and coaches you guys had this year. You have three wins. No. Yeah. We don't lose the last three games with Brock Purdy at quarterback. Well, no, but you'd have lost the six prior to that. 
No, he wouldn't have. He's better than Kenny. Brock Purdy lost to P.J. Walker. It happens. You have those outlier games. And he lost to, he lost to that historical defense that you guys have. But not, not P.J. Walker. And the Vikings, when the Vikings were terrible. Vikings defense is much improved on the floor. When did he, he lose high. those games? But when did he, he lose those when he, games? When he, when he had lost his weapons. He lost Debo. Yeah. he lost Trent. But I'm saying a lot of quarterbacks would not play as well. They don't have their top two weapons. I don't think if uh, Burrow didn't have Chase or Higgins, I think he would struggle. I think if Dak didn't have C.D. Lamb or Jake Ferguson, he would struggle. I think if C.J. didn't have Dell or Nico Collins, he would struggle too. So, like, it's all relative. I think Purdy does a lot it of is. good things. Um, I, and and I a like lot Purdy. of people. I think he's a perfect fit for San Francisco. Yeah. Dang it. I keep on shaking. My bad. Um, but yeah, I think Purdy doesn't get his credit. I think he's a legit top three, top four candidate. I think it's justified that he's leading the race right now. I wouldn't put him number one, but I think he's doing pretty good. I think he's a good quarterback. He's just not an MVP quarterback mm. because I've seen that team go to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G with the same weapons and Jimmy G was not good, but I think that he, I think, okay, so here, I will give him a little bit. It was one of those games. They took the Jimmy G out the game completely where they read it like 50 times and he threw it. Yeah, like he was times. so bad, <laughs> and, but I will give him credit. If they win a Super Bowl this year, it will be because of him. And he's such an upgrade from Jimmy G. Okay. That's fair. That's where I'll give him the credit is Kyle will Kyle will scheme the hell out of stuff and have guys running open all over the field, and Jimmy G would just check it down. Purdy makes those throws. Mm-hmm. He throws the ball down the field to Debo in IU. He, does. And, he takes and he chances. Makes, yeah, he, he makes those plays and those passes. And I think they're a more successful team because of him, but they're not on the, on the list of even I guys think on that. I think if Purdy goes down, I think uh, who's their backup? The Notre Dame kid. Um, No, it's uh, Sam Darnold. Oh, it's Darnold. Darnold went to North Carolina, right? He's a UNC guy, right? USC. USC. Oh, I'm getting all my schools mixed up. Yes, he was. He was in. He was with Carolina last year. He was in Carolina. Yeah. Um, I think they struggle without Purdy. I think that offense is not nearly as productive without Purdy. Well, hopefully they don't, for the Niners' sake, they'll never have to see. Let's get into, um, you want to do grind my gears here, or do you want to do our picks before grind my gears? Let's grind our gears, man. Tell me what's bothering you, man. Let's go ahead and hit it. You know what really grinds my gears? Loud noises! And you know who I'm going to get pissed at? Go on. I cannot stand these Bengals fans that just come out the woodwork. Another thing that grinds my gears. Big guys up front. You're the ones with high blood pressure. Boy, that escalated quickly. In order to win, you have to be able to win from the pocket. Hey, that was quite a rant there. Boy, I tell you, that really grinds my gears. All right, man. I'm going to let the... I'm going to let you start us off. Because mine has to do with... uh... You'll have a unique perspective on mine, so I want to know how you felt because you actually went through this with mine. But Dude, I think you have an interesting one, so I, I want do. You to- so yeah, yesterday I put out this poll. Hey, random thoughts come through my mind. Random questions I want to ask people, and and 
just figure out what the general public thinks. And this is age old question. When it comes to your chicken wings or just in general, I'm, I asked the question in general, but really I was really talking about chicken wings. <laughs> ranch versus blue cheese. Ranch. I'm a ranch guy. Ranch all day. But what really grinding my gears is not that some people are blue cheese fans. It's that blue cheese people hate ranch people. If you're, a blue, if you're a blue cheese person, they have no patience. They absolutely despise ranch folks. Well, where ranch folks are a little bit more accepting of blue cheese. They get why people like it. It's not their forte. But blue cheese people are just straight up evil. They don't like you. If you don't mess with blue cheese, they're not going to mess with you. And if you're a ranch person, you're just the scum of the earth, apparently. According to Sorry. the responses from my poll, what about you, my man? Please tell me I'm, you're on the right side of this thing. I'm a, I'm a ranch guy. And okay. I, used to, I used to be in the camp of to each their own. And then I come across so many snobby blue. Now, yes. blue, blue cheese people are uncultured swine. It is spoiled milk. It is Ooh. disgusting. You can use so much with ranch. You yeah. can put ranch on nachos. You can put ranch on tacos. You can dip your chicken wings in it. I put I dip my fries in it. There's we didn't so have much any mayo the other day. I put ranch on my turkey sandwich. Yes. And it was amazing. It was fantastic. If I don't have sour cream for my tacos and my nacho salads, a little bit of ranch right on top. Good to go. It's the best salad dressing when you get a little side salad oh, yeah. before your dinner. Best salad. I'm glad that we're on the same side of history here. We are. But Where blue, blue cheese people are just limited. They're limited to wings. I mean, I know there's blue cheese. I've never seen somebody in public really put blue cheese. They put blue cheese crumbles on their salad. I will tell you, I will tell you a good use for blue cheese. And I had this at this steakhouse in uh, downtown Atlanta called Cuts. They do this blue cheese garlic butter that they put on top of a steak. It was amazing. That's why I'm tolerable to blue cheese, folks. I get why you like it. That it does have a certain appeal. But why you got to hate on me? Why you got to hate on my love for ranch? You know, the only thing blue cheese I've ever had that was uh, okay to me was the blue cheese buffalo chicken wing combos. Little I'm snack. not familiar with that. You know what the combos are, right? Yeah, I love combos. Yeah, so they got the pretzel combos, and it's yeah. buffalo wing flavored with blue cheese, with a hint of blue cheese. Fantastic. Are you they good? Oh, yeah. But you know what I did? You dipped in a ranch? Dip them boys in ranch. I dipped them boys in ranch. It was so delicious. <laughs> it drowned out that blue cheese like no other. It I works, love man. I love it works. Brother, I might have to, I might have to try that out. My brother's a big blue cheese guy, and I just turn my nose up at him now. because. Oh, don't tell me you, you can't turn your nose at him. Does he, like, despise your love of ranch? He, oh, yeah, I, I heard it for so many years about how I have the, the palate of a child because I like ranch dressing, and that's what you get from the blue cheese crowd. <laughs> Was this some that. kind of you? You're supposed to be sophisticated because you like blue cheese. I guess is that that's what it what is. Yeah, it's like they they're running around pompous, like they went to Harvard Dude. or something. Is that what be you better chicken blue wings cheese? Yeah, be better blue cheese people. Be better. What about you, man? What what is grinding your gears this week? My grind my gears. Let me get to this before we do our picks. So. We had National Letter of Intent Day. Okay. Couple oh, things this is about some kind of Buckeye here. complaint. Is this a Buckeye no, complaint? It's, a Buckeye. it's a it's a fan complaint. Okay. Stay out okay. of the DMs. 
stop going and putting hate tweets out because a guy didn't choose your college. Mm. Stop saying stupid stuff. But it also extends to the media. I find it extremely weird how much we, I'm happy for all, and I put a tweet out about this. You're at Trade Day 79. I'm at King Rich 963. You can follow us there. I put a tweet out about this that I just find it extremely goofy. Like it's corny almost how much we gaga over national. Like it should be an exciting time for these kids and their families. Yeah. It should Make be. Make spectacle as a family about it all you want, but the media and the reporters and the, the stuff that's done. And then we wonder why kids get to campus and they feel entitled. And then we want to knock them down when they feel entitled and things like that. It's just, it's a constant build up, knock down, build up, knock down. But the biggest thing is National Letter of Intent Day. Sign the damn letter. Stop being a 40-year-old, 50-year-old sliding into the DMs of a 17-year-old kid because he chose Notre Dame over Ohio State or because he chose Georgia over Florida or whatever the case may be. I just Dude. find it extremely – it's just off-putting to me how much how much is put on the National Letter of of intent day how much national signing days and then what grinds my gears on top of that move the damn date back to the spring there you go tell them why you mad time. tell them why you mad rich we're not even in bowl season yet this is like somebody talking to me about the nba when it's still football season we're in football season <laughs> right now we got bowl games to play <laughs> move the damn date back to february but yeah Dude. it's just weird it's it's just really weird to me how like how extra people get over where these kids sign to play. I'm not trying to take away from the kids. You accomplished something great. You got a full scholarship offer to wherever, whomever, be proud of that. Celebrate that. Have the time with your family. Do the hat thing if you need to. But the social media reporters and media and fans and stuff like that, it's just very off-putting to me how much emphasis is put on it. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And it's, I think it's a region thing too. Uh, I think it is even more intense down south in SEC country and in yes. places like Texas and Florida. Um, Let's they're call serious it, about their ball it, down here. Let's call a spade a spade and what it is. What, call it what it is because I have some family down south and some friends that live in Florida and stuff. Still, the teams that suck care a lot about this. Florida fans have been going gaga over recruiting for the last two months because their team's been eliminated from playoff contention since october so their fans get super upset because florida oh, yeah. dropped the top five class to like out of the top 15 i think florida or florida state florida florida did okay yeah, yeah they lost a lot of guys florida yeah. state had a lot of guys uh decommit as well um so i know that's grinding their gears down there in tallahassee as well but uh yeah i agree just the extra that these kids get for just doing what is a lifelong dream and being able to have the opportunity to even choose what school you want to go to, uh, to alleviate that financial burden from your parents nowadays to actually support your family these days with the advent of the NIL. NIL. And so to go online and try to take away and dampen these kids special moment by all the, the virtual and the hate texts and whatnot. I don't get it. I don't get, even if he didn't go to your school, you got somebody to replace them. Go root by. Use your energy to root behind the guys that you got and stop worrying about the guys that you don't have. 
the other thing is you can look at a guy in a five-star and that doesn't mean anything except for what a site deemed him to be. If you don't right. get him in and develop him in your system and within your schemes, you still have to develop kids. What a kid is as a junior or senior in high school is not indicative of what he's going to be when he you know walks out of your stadium for the final time. Similar to when you draft a guy in college, he's not a finished product. And we talked earlier about why is the NFL in the state this? I don't think, back to what you said with the practices or lack thereof, the development isn't taking place. It's right. install a game plan, do this to get through this weekend, but the development isn't taking place. You have you don't have the practices anymore to actually work on the development of things. A guy is now what he was six months ago. And right. Steelers being the, the best case of this, there's I don't see any difference in a lot of them now from what they were in August. Mm-hmm the season started not that that's the place for development but if you don't have the off-season programs and the all the two days and stuff when does that take place unless the guy's just taking it upon himself so that's what grinded my gears this week was national letter of intent day it's just it's weird it's it's always been weird to me how much emphasis is put on it by not the athletes you know by by not the schools and by not the athletes but by media by fans you don't know what these kids are going to do when they show up on campus, you got kids that are moving away from home for the first time, sometimes thousands of miles away. It's just like putting millions of dollars into a guy's pocket for the first time at 19, 20 years old. You don't know how they're going to react to that. They could get homesick. They could want to go somewhere. Let them be. Let them just let them do their thing. So that got me all riled up a little bit. I need some ranch. You need some ranch. That will solve all. A little bit of ranch will calm you down a little bit. But you know what? Yeah, I got something else that's going to grind your gears, man. Oh, man, we're doing when this I- now? When I win this bet this weekend, man, I okay. lost last week. I lost last week, but I am on. We got five games that we're going to pick from, and I guarantee victory this week. I well, guarantee victory. Mm-hmm. We're going to put the poll out again. We're going to do this every week. So go to Trey Day Seven Nine on Twitter. Uh, I'll retweet it. One pop me up on Twitter as well. That's the show's uh, Twitter page. And again, Steelers Nation is going to have this out as well. We. Uh, we're working with the guys over there, a good group of guys, and they're going to put put the stuff up as well. Um, we're going to pick three options for payouts. So this week we got – you and I are going to get together around New Year's sometime. You're coming up to the great state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. We're going to uh, get together for some shenanigans. So one of the options for a payout is whoever loses, either ourselves or our spouse, has to personally make the other a treat. A dessert, if you will. Some some baked like goods or cookies or something to deliver when we rendezvous together while you were in town. Okay. I like uh, it. The next one is, and I think this will probably be a stable going forward, because you and I like to partake, is the loser has to fund a $15 bet or parlay on the degenerate website of choice of the winner. FanDuel, DraftKings, uh, Barstool. Whatever. I think I'm leaning that way. So I already, I'm already going to win. So I think I'm leaning towards that. I hope the fans pick that one. I hope they're as degenerate as we are. The last one, and I'm, I'm nervous about my picks this week. So I'm hoping this isn't what they do. And this will probably be a recurring one that we use too. Is the loser on video has to do an upload to socials the team's themed a team themed jumping jack so i'd have to do steelers jumping jacks on video 
and or you would have to do Browns jumping jacks on video. I think I want to have, hear Renegade in the background while you're doing it as well. You're getting silly. That that would be awesome, and on rhythm too. Oh, mama! Why are we doing this? Why are we just some <laughs> jumping jacks to that man? You gonna be nice and slow at first. Uh, 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 uh. On rhythm. I want to see your rhythm, man. But yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Oh, that's going to be tough. So those are our three options. Those are our three options. So now let's get to the games. First game, Lions and Vikings. So I'm going to let you go first. The floor is yours, man. Lions or Vikings. Big division game. This is Vikings' only chance. They got to win this game and if they're going to be a playoff team. But going with the Lions, that Jamar Gibbs-Laporta combination is really starting to show out now. I think they're going to handle Minnesota. I think it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be relatively close. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm stuck with the Vikings here. Jared Goff also would be better than Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan's system and do just fine. So um, He couldn't even cut in the McVay system. So, nah. <laughs> he got to the Super Bowl. What do you mean yeah. he didn't cut it? And it immediately sucked the next year after, got the, after getting that money. So, um, he, needed, he needed Todd Gurley. Next game, my pick, we're doing Colts and Falcons. Um, I'm picking the Colts because I love Gardner Minshew and his creepy mustaches. And uh, this is one of the games. So the Browns need five things to happen to clinch a playoff spot this week. And the Colts beating the Falcons is one of those five things. Arthur Smith has to win this weekend or he's he's done. I think he might be done anyway after losing to Carolina. He's done. But if he wins this game, and they still make a run to the playoffs. I'm gonna go for the hometown team and pick the Falcons because if he does that, then uh, and I think he's gonna do everything he can with Tyler Taylor Heineke starting this weekend. Um, he's finally gonna get the ball to Bijan and, and Drake and Kyle Pitts for the right. first time in his in his career, in his coaching career in Atlanta. He's gonna use the stars because that's what he needs to to keep his job. Next game, your pick, Dolphins, Cowboys in Miami. This is the tough one, actually. Despite the fact that Cowboys have had issues on the road, it was hard to pick against them because I think they know they got to rectify some stuff. But I'm still going with the Dolphins. I don't know Tyreek's status yet. If he plays, I think they definitely win. Uh, If he doesn't play, it's going to be nip and tuck. But I think Tua – and Jalen Waddle and Mostert have enough in the tank to take out the Cowboys, even if they don't have Tyreek. The Cowboys got lucky that the Seahawks did them a, a solid and um, bailed them out, getting a win mm-hmm. against the Eagles to keep the Cowboys number one in the division. Mm-hmm. They have to win this game to show to, to almost get that monkey, that road monkey off their back. And Miami is a place that is just as – it's not up north. It's not in the elements. This is one you have to win on the road to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, otherwise, that really becomes real. So uh, you took the Dolphins. I'm stuck with the Cowboys, but I'm not as – I took the Bills over the Cowboys last week, and I was more confident in that because of Buffalo and the weather. And I'm not as down on the Cowboys this week as I probably should be. But I'm sure that I'll end up doing Steelers jumping jacks because of them. Yep. Uh, yep. Next game is Bucks and Jaguars. My pick. My boy Baker with that perfect QB rating last week. 
he uh he did me in when he I did you good Packers. man yeah i took the packers over the bucks and he said take this roadie and uh he just shoved it right down the packers playoff hopes tailpipe this is uh this is the toughest one i think out of all the games we have um the tightest one the most evenly matched teams because i think tampa is riding a wave right now i think baker's found his thing i think this defense is showing up for him but Jacksonville. Jacksonville is going a little bit of a slide. Trevor's not all the way healthy. Um, they lost Kirk, who I think is an underrated part of that offense. And I think because of that, they struggled uh, this past weekend versus Baltimore because they just didn't have enough offense to compete with the Ravens. But they need this weekend. They need to get back on track going into the playoffs. They need this because the Colts are right on their heels. Like this is for the division and they want to keep and host a uh, playoff game. They need to beat the Bucks. So I'm gonna take Jacksonville. This is leg number two of what I need for the Browns to clinch a playoff berth is the Bucks to beat the Jaguars. Yeah, you do. You need it. So I'm gonna go the fighting Baker Mayfields and Mike Evans. And uh hopefully they they do some good for me. I'm kind of sitting in a good spot right now as a Browns fan because we have a chance to win the division. But if the Colts could uh win that division we're looking at a game in indy which isn't far from me yeah that'd be nice for you i, I might have to have you come up with me uh, i might have to have you have a little elfie swag on and nah man you know that's never happening i might show up in, in the, I'm, the Colts are my second team anyway so i, I mean I'm still, I'm, still, I'm still gonna root against y'all but like the Colts are the second team. They paid me after the Pittsburgh did, so I have <laughs> an allegiance towards them as well. So uh, I'm not going and wearing any Brown stuff, that's for sure. But it also works in your favor, this next game, the 49ers hosting the Baltimore Ravens. I'm picking the Niners because they're at home, and they are right now the best in the MVP, league. Right, Brock Purdy? Yeah, Brock Purdy, CMC, my one and two in the MVP race are going to – and the Baltimore secondary is a little banged up. Um, they still have their uh, probably the best tandem at, at linebacker. And and uh, uh, what's my man's name from Chicago? I can't think of his name right now. The linebacker, Rohan. Rohan, yeah. And uh, and uh, Patrick Queen. And so, I mean, they're going to have to contend with that. But I think the 49ers have too much firepower. And so, I know this helps you because if you pick Baltimore – if it would happen how it happened last week and it is the determining game in our bet and you want it, it's a win-win situation. They lose, Again. it works for Again. Cleveland. If they win, you got yourself a nice pizza coming courtesy of me next week when I come up there. But this week is a little different, though. I mean, I don't know if you really want to take Baltimore or not. I don't. But you, but you have to. I'm happy to because, again, so here's the thing. And it's why I'm a little hopeful about the Browns. If they can just, I'm less confident in the Browns winning out and handling their business than I am about the Ravens dropping to, because mm -hmm. their remaining schedule is Niners, Dolphins, Steelers. That's tough. It is. Uh, to, you know, we gave our MVP picks. We're not naive to how the NFL works. It is a quarterback award. We mentioned that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think the winner of this game wins the MVP. I do. do. I, I believe that. I'm with you. If Lamar shows out, Baltimore wins, I think he takes over the lead for the MVP. 
Because yeah. I think people are trying to find a way, like you are, to take Purdy out of that top spot. And this is all. This is this is all. This is all they would need. So I don't got to try hard. The people trying to put Purdy in there are the ones who voted for Alabama over Florida State in the college football. No, playoff. not the same people. Those people are <laughs> stupid and evil. Purdy. <laughs> They're blue cheese eaters. <laughs> They're blue cheese eaters. Definitely, they're blue cheese eaters. <laughs> well, to uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. Let's uh, let's do it again in a couple days, and we'll see how these bets come out. Check us out on Twitter, Steelers Nation, Spotify. We're gonna be all those places. But we'll uh, we'll we'll check you guys out next week. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, my man. We will not uh, record another one of these. I don't believe before Christmas. So enjoy the time with the little ones, the wife. You as well. Be safe. And, we'll and we got fo- we got football on Christmas this year, man. All weekend long. All weekend long. It's going to be such long. a lovely weekend. It's the and most the following weekend. wonderful time of the year. The most wonderful time. Oh, yeah. So All right, we'll brother. Next week. I'll talk to you later. All right, bro.